Uh, before we begin, you look so sad. Can you please turn to your neighbor and just shake their hand? Uh, you look so sad. And tell them, you don't know my pain. You don't know my pain. You don't know my pain. That's our topic for today. You don't know my pain. Okay. So today I'm going to talk about three kinds of pain. Amen. So you don't know my pain. I'm going to talk about three kinds of pain. Let's go to the book of Samuel. First Samuel uh, at the beginning. I prefer doing um, First Samuel beginning from uh, verse 9. First Samuel 9. I'm trying to get uh, New King James. Verse 9 will go all the way to 17. Uh, I, I highly recommend that when you get time, please go through it. Uh, but in the interest of time now, what I will do is I will try to paraphrase uh, what the other uh, nine verses will have said. All right, I think I should be there now. Yes, there we go. So it says, So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord God of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened, uh, 12, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put away, put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul to the Lord. 16. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, and said, Go in peace, and God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked. Amen. So, uh, brothers and sisters, the portion that we have read is a testament of the first kind of pain that I want to talk about. And this I am calling it legitimate pain caused by frustration legitimate pain that is caused by frustration. I recall when I was a young little guy, we were taught about frustration in psychology, and we were taught that frustration is the obstruction of goal-oriented behavior. That if you want to achieve something that you think is so significant, but there's an obstruction, then you develop frustration. So from this portion, I think you can see testament of what Hannah is going through. But from the first, from, from chapter one, basically, if I can, if I can paraphrase it, uh, Hannah was the second wife of 
a man called Elkanah. So Elkanah had two wives. It doesn't tell which one was the first, which one was the second. But he had two wives. And one was called Penina, another one was called Hannah. And the Bible says that Penina had children, but Hannah didn't have children. The Bible goes ahead to say that uh, every year, every time, the husband will give them portions. It says he will give Penina and her sons portions, but for Hannah, he will give her double portions. Because Elkanah loved Hannah, though she was barren, she was childless. And Hannah was so grieved in, in heart because of childlessness. Child, child, childlessness. And she would so cry before the Lord and the husband. The husband would tell her, my wife, am I not worthy to you than ten sons? And the Bible does not tell us the answer she gave. Okay. But chapter 7 is very significant. It tells, that, it tells that every year they will go to Shiloh to give their annual sacrifice. And every time that Hannah will be going to the house of the Lord, the co-wife will always offend her. Okay? Calling her barren woman. She will always offend her. Now, from the portion that we have read, we are seeing now Hannah is in the temple of the Lord in Shiloh. And she is pouring her heart before the Lord. But I love what Eli tells her. He tells her, you woman, get drink from your lips. Do you see that one? Stop drinking wine. Eli didn't understand what Hannah was going through. Hannah was going through pain. Brothers and sisters, I can't speak authoritatively about barrenness. But from the stories I've heard, barrenness is a difficult situation. And especially in uh, Israel at that particular point in history. In Israel, people who were barren were considered to be sinful. That barrenness was caused by sin. So the community always ostracized people who did not have children. Now you can imagine that Hannah was facing uh, double stigma. One is from her own household and from the community. That she was a sinful woman. I'm saying I cannot talk about, I can, I can only talk about it uh, because of, of what I've heard. Um, just quickly, my mom, my mom was, was barren for 15 years since she was married. She was, she, she was childless for 15 years um, after she got married. She stayed without a child for 15 years. And so I come, um, so my dad marries a second wife after around six, seven years. And the second wife, when she arrives, one year later down the line, she gives birth to a beautiful baby, bouncing child. Now I'm saying I have heard about them because my mom would tell me when I was growing up. And then after me again, mom became childless again for another about 15 years. But she, she would tell me, my son, you saved me from shame. At that time, I never used to understand. But my, my mom would tell me, you delivered me from shame, from pain. She told me for the 15 years was hell on earth. I come from a community that believes in children. 
And also the same community believes that the problem is always with the woman. Your communities are a bit different, I know. But my community is the one I've told you. So everyone blamed mom for lack of children. And she told me it was a painful situation. So I'm trying just to be in the shoes of Hannah. Hannah is living in a community like that one without children. People calling her that she's a sinful woman. I can just try to imagine the pain of Hannah that she's going through. But Hannah knew what to do. But the question I keep having is, at what point did Hannah discover that she needs to go and pour her heart to the Lord? And secondly, at what point did she change her mind or decide that she will give that child to the Lord? I can submit to you this way, that the baby Samuel was already ordained to be born. But Hannah's idea of the child was not mature enough to get the baby, to be given the baby. For Hannah, her prayer was, I want a child to give to my husband. But God had bigger vision. He wanted a child that will be given to the world. And Samuel is one of those mighty uh, uh, prophets of God, if you remember. The Bible says that every word that Samuel prophesied never fell to the ground. Remember that? And Samuel becomes a picture, a true picture of Paul in the New Testament. But I'm trying to tell you that, I think for me, I think the point that Anna was given the baby is when she understood God's revelation that God wants me to get a baby for himself, not for my husband. Because she was carrying an extraordinary child. Amen? So that's the first type of, of, of pain. The same pain is repeated in a story in the New Testament. And you read that one uh, in, in, in Mark, uh, Mark chapter 10 from 46-52. Basically, this is a story of the blind, they call him blind Bartimaeus. Remember that story? The Bible says that this man was sitting by the roadside and Jesus Christ was passing going to Jericho. And when this man had the commotion, he asked the people, what's going on? They said, it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And this man, the Bible says that he cried out loud and saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Remember that story? And the Bible says that the crowd told him to be quiet. Keep quiet. In other words, you, you don't have decorum. The master is passing. Keep quiet. You don't have good manners. And, and the Bible says that the more they told him to keep quiet, the more he shouted. This man had pain that people could not understand. It's only him who knew where the shoe pinches. Same, same thing with Hannah. The husband would come try to comfort her, but only Hannah knew the pain of childlessness. And brethren, I'm saying this because I know that in church, people go through different types of pain. And many of us don't understand the pain. It's only you who understands the pain. Uh, the Bible also says that, uh, that uh, it's only the heart that knows its pain. Also it says that, uh, that what knows what's in the heart of man but the spirit that dwells in that man. So it's only your heart, your spirit that knows the pain that you go through. 
still sort of but Myers, talking about the first type of pain, which is legitimate pain, frustration of, uh, of, uh, caused by some that have not attained. Attain. In Luke, same but Myers. I think let's read there. You will see uh, in the first one, in, in Mark, he omits that one. But there's something that happens in Luke chapter 10, verse, eight, uh, verse 43, 18:43. Uh, if we could just read that one. Let's begin from 42. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Okay? 43 says, Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God, praising God. When all the people, when, when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Hallelujah. This man's blindness was crafted for the praising of the Lord. I'm sure he was going through pain as he was growing up, but he didn't know. I'm saying that because that word used there, praise, is, is uh, translated ainos in Greek. It appears only twice in the Bible. The word praise used in that text, only twice in the Bible. And the first one, is used by Jesus Christ in Matthew. I think um, that should be Matthew 21. Christ is in the temple, and the children are singing Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest, to the king in the highest. Remember that story. And the chief priests were so indignant, they were not happy with children calling Jesus Christ, you know, Hosanna, sing to him Hosanna, Hosanna, king in the highest. So they come and tell him, the high priest and, and the Bible says, that, and, and the leaders, they tell him, Aren't you concerned that children are singing the way they are singing? And Christ tells them, in the mouth of babes, God has ordained perfect praise. Now, here the Bible is saying, it is only twice in the Bible that people had perfect praise. The first one is the children in the temple, and the second time, when they saw that Myers healed. They gave perfect praise. Amen. See what, see what pain, the first pain does, the legitimate pain does. Both, this, both Hannah and Batmaias did not have sin, but they were in pain. But the pain ends in something more powerful. I think we'll revisit that one later on. Let's go to the second type of pain. This one I am calling it self-inflicted pain. <laughs> I like what my brother Mwang sometimes says. Mwang keeps saying, sometimes we Christians, we persecute ourselves. Okay. Persecutions will come. Don't look for them. They will always come in your life. So don't persecute yourself. You know, I've been following the stories in Rwanda. Uh, of the, I don't know if they've been following the stories in the last two weeks where the church is closing some, or I mean the government is closing some churches. I don't know if they've been following that. And the government is saying it's closing the churches because of noise. And I was saying in my heart, I was listening to that, so I was saying, why is the church in Rwanda persecuting itself? Okay, I'll leave it there. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I worked in Mombasa, and, and, and the churches in my neighborhood had these horn speakers mounted on the, you know, um, on the perimeter walls. And during Keshas, you wouldn't sleep. Okay. So, Gakami uh, has said, that one cannot happen in this country. I think we don't, we don't need those horn speakers. Don't we? Uh, you can hear me, right? 
Yeah, we don't, we don't need to bother the neighbors. Anyway, so let's go to self-inflicted pain. And this one is in Samuel. I want us to check in Samuel, 2 Samuel 16. Uh, then we can compare with the first two, as, as I make my case. And you know this story is a very familiar story. Uh, should be six, 2 Samuel 6, uh, from 16. It says this, As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, I call her Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. You know, that's the wife now. Okay. Okay. And then we say, when David returned, let's keep to 20. The Bible says, when David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today going around half-naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. 21, David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his, ha- or his house when he appointed me ruler of the Lord's people. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more indignified than this and I will be humiliated in my own eyes but these slave girls you spoke of I will be held in honor. 23. And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Short story. Professor, David has become the king. And if you follow the story of the king, it's very, um, uh, the story of, the story of David and, and his son uh, Solomon. It's almost very identical. The first thing these guys do when they become kings, they restore worship. So David, in this case, he has become the king. But if you read prior to this, the ark had been captured by the Philistines. So it was in Israel. So David organizes to bring the ark back to Israel. So this portion is David, he's celebrating when the ark is coming to the city of David. If you remember, the city of David was a little citadel within Jerusalem, a kind of a state house. It's called the city of David. So as the ark is coming to the city of David, David is rejoicing. Actually, the Bible says that David was wearing a linen effort. Uh, effort. For those who know effort, in Leviticus, the Bible says that only Levites were supposed to wear the linen effort. But David was wearing it. I'm just digressing. But God doesn't kill him. That's a different story. But this man is wearing a linen effort, and God is happy with him. And the man is rejoicing in the Lord. But the Bible says, when the wife opened the windows and looked outside and saw the husband dancing, she despised him in her heart. Are you seeing that? And the last one we have read, 23, it says, And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Brethren, that's what we are calling self-inflicted pain. Same soul like Hannah. Another one was legitimate pain. This one was self-inflicted pain. When Hannah was growing old, I mean, um, uh, Michael, I'm sure, in her heart, she didn't know why she was barren. But the Bible says that it's because, Sunday school says it's because she despised David. But that is for Sunday school. The reason why this woman was barren is just one thing. She had the spirit of Cain. What do I mean by Cain? If you remember the story of Cain. God tells Cain and his brother Abel to go and prepare sacrifice. 
And both of them bring sacrifice. And the Lord accepted the sacrifice of his brother and rejected the sacrifice of Cain. Why did the Lord reject the sacrifice of Cain? Cain went just outside there and picked Managu and a few leaves. The guy didn't have perception of the things of the Lord. He was so, as I keep saying, he was callous with the things of the Lord. Same thing with this woman. She saw David as my husband. Eh? Muzae. She couldn't differentiate the David, the husband, and the David with the anointing of the Lord. So she despised his dancing. And the Lord was offended. This woman must have had, God expected her to have the wisdom to know the difference between David, the shepherd, and David, the king, the man of God. But another thing again is that the woman had bitterness of soul. The Bible in the second verse of read, the first one just calls her Michael, his wife. In the second version says, in the second as we go down it says, Michael, the daughter of Saul. There's a reason why God adds the daughter of Saul. Trying to show the source of her anger and the bitterness. Remember, her father was the king, right? She expected to be uh, her brothers to be the king. But here has come some guy from Judah, son of Jesse, who is the king. So she was growing in resentment because of that pain that the kingship was not in the lineage of her family. And let me submit to you, my brothers and sisters, this, 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 I believe this, that actually the king who was to take after David was meant to be born by this woman. But because of bitterness, because she did not understand the things of God, it went to another woman who bore Solomon. So brethren, you've seen the two, kind of the, the two kinds of pain. One's legitimate, one is second. And there are two truths about the second one. There are two things that you need to know about the second kind of pain. The first pain is that, the second, this pain about self-inflicted pain is that it should circuits the grace of God in the life of a believer. This kind of pain that is self-inflicted, the bitterness that comes because of your lack of understanding or lack of repentance, should circuits the grace of God in your life. The second thing about this kind of pain is that this kind of pain usually exhibits symptoms at the time of your visitation, at the time where your miracle is about to happen. It's just about the day you are about to be promoted. And because you are harboring resentment as a believer, you release, you release an email that everyone thinks, where did this one come from? Brother, I can give you stories. Just one. One of our key partners we work with in Tanzania, real top-notch scientist in Tanzania, top-notch. So my colleague sends her a budget for the year and copies everyone who is concerned. And this lady, top scientist, when she opens the email, she sees 78,000 US dollars as the annual budget. Okay? And she responds in an email and adds more people in the email. And says, you foreigners, you take us for granted. My colleague is a foreigner. Anyway, long story short, it was not a very good email. And she added more people in the email. But the challenge is, she had not seen the second sheet of the Excel sheet. 
She had only seen the first. My friend, it was embarrassing. A top, a top notch scientist copying everyone in the office and adding others outside, calling her colleague a foreigner. Why? Because she did not open the second sheet of sex. But that is what the devil does. If you don't deal with this pain, it comes out at the 11th hour that your miracle is just around the corner. <laughs> I was a young man. Timothy is laughing here. Yeah. I was a young man and I had seen this sister in church. I wish my wife was out of this place, but I'll say it. <laughs> so as many young men are here, I've seen some nice sister from the other side of the, of the aisle. So as time goes by, you begin interacting together, right? Uh, in the fellowship. We were, we, are young, we were teens at that time. And as, as God had his own magic ways, there was a class called leadership training, which we'll do after class. The sister also joined. And we sat next to each other. So we became friends. And long story short, uh, after we got to know each other for about three months, I decided to go buy her lunch. Okay? To get to know her better. Beautiful, nice sister. And so, uh, at that time, buying a sister lunch in Nando's was a big thing, right? Nando's, uh, Nando's opposite uh, Hilton Hotel. So we took Kenya bus. We, we were not like these other young guys who, who drive nowadays. We were using Kenya bus. That time, Kenya bus was Kenya bus. Very disciplined. So we drove to town. Our church was just across, across um, um, Gong Road. So we alighted what we normally call Unashuko Komata. You know that one where you alight before the, the lights turn red? Okay, you take the advantage of the lights to, to get out so quickly. So being a gentleman, I allowed her to jump out of the bus first. So that in case the bus moves, I could, you know, as a man, I could do some gymnastics. <laughs> so the lady jumps down and the, the lights conspire against us. They, they don't turn green. Anyway, it was good for me. So I jumped out. But as I jumped out, a taxi man was cruising by. by you know, joining Moy Avenue. And he almost hit her by a whisker. I'm saying they conspired because also on our right, the traffic lights decided not to turn to green. So the taxi man had to also to stop having missed to hit my girl by a whisker. Brethren and sisters, the words that left that sister's mouth Now, on this other side, there is a bus not moving. Everyone is listening. And on this other side of the veranda, you know, people, people stay at, I don't know what they do, but at, at Nando's, Moy Avenue, there are always people in the veranda, right? Many people. And she made sure that those people had. And I was in a suit, a maroon suit, with a Bible. Anyway, uh, brother, let's be watchful over that pain. That pain is not godly. The last kind of pain, I'll only take three. I'll, I'm, it's called, I'm calling it the pain of sin. The pain of sin. And still, your finger is still, uh, 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 still at uh, uh, Luke 19. I'll do 10 verses. Okay. 19, 1 to 10. Okay, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. 
So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree, a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and once welcomed him gladly. Uh, let me skip, go to, uh, because of time, go to nine. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. I think there's a time I've talked about this story. It blesses my heart. But one thing I didn't talk about last time was in uh, uh, chapter 2. It says, a man was there by the name Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. This man was not only short, but he was the chief tax collector. Two things about that. For those who remember the history of Israel at that time, these were brokers. Tax collectors were brokers. They were collecting tax on behalf of the government. They were the KRA of the government. But the government wasn't paying them. So whatever they will exhort from people, then that will be their pay. So whatever they will get in excess by intimidation and, and cheating, that will be their pay. Now, this man, being the chief tax collector and being wealthy, it tells you something, right? It tells that this man had cheated many people. The guy had hurt many people. He was the boss of the chiefs, of the, other, of the other tax collectors. But then one day, he hears Jesus Christ is coming. And the Bible says, the man ran. Brother Lisa, try to imagine. A man of your stature, running with your staff, <laughs> seeing you. He was the chief, right? So there were other people who were junior than him, like, like, like Mark. Mark was a junior, he was a tax collector. This one being the chief, he had junior tax collectors. And here, a mature man running down the road. My pain is this. My point is this, that it's only Zacchaeus who knew his pain. He was a wealthy man, but it's only him who knew what pain was he was going through. And the pain he had was the burden of sin. Amen? The man was looking for healing for his sin. For the burden that he has in his heart. So he forfeited all his dignity and ran ahead. Knowing that I want to see the man who takes the lamb, who takes away the sin of the world. Another similar story. Another Bible calls her a woman, doesn't give her name. Jesus is in the house of a man called Simon, who is a Pharisee. And a woman, who the Bible calls a wicked woman, or people call her a wicked woman, comes and begins to anoint the feet of Jesus with an alabaster full of expensive ointment. The Bible says that the ointment was worth a year's wage. I don't know how much that would be in Kenya if you have to convert a year's wage. Uh, could be about three million, US, uh, three million Kenya shillings, a year's wage. Uh, given the tax and whatever. So she took that kind of perfume and broke and began anointing Jesus Christ's feet. And the Bible says that her, she was, as she was doing that, she was crying tears going to Jesus' feet and she was wiping the tears with her hair. I know men who are married, you know how valuable the hair of your wife is, right? This woman was using her hair to wipe the feet of Jesus. 
and the religious folk couldn't just understand. Two things. They couldn't understand that Jesus Christ, being who he claims to be, a righteous man, could not understand that this was a wicked woman. But Jesus Christ tells Simon, tells Simon, perceiving the height, tells Simon, I've been to this house, but you did not, did not kiss me, neither did you give me water to wash my feet. But this woman since arrived here, she has not stopped kissing my feet and wiping them with her tears. I mean, uh, with her hair. Same story with the one we just read of Zacchaeus. It's only this woman who knew what was eating her. Many of us in the church will have told her to shut up. Or not to come to where we are. I remember one day, brethren, I was in church. And a man walked in. And it was a church like this, of elite, you know. You know, a church is elite when people start struggling about where to park. In that church is for elite. So, this man walks in when the service is ongoing. And you could tell he's not one of us. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And we were all confused. I'm telling you, we were all confused. Whether to give him the seat or to take care of your wallet. You know, at that time you begin sitting well. You check whether where your wallet is and your purse is. He took the intervention of one wise um, uh, usher to come and drag him and give him a seat. But you see how we treated him. We were all shocked because he wasn't looking like part of us. This woman wasn't looking like part of everyone else. But it's only her who knew the pain she had. The pain of sin. And brethren, amongst all the pains I've mentioned in the first two, there is nothing as heavy as the burden of sin. If you don't have Christ, my brethren, my brothers and sisters, this one is burdensome. You'd rather be sick or have anything else, but don't have this kind of burden. But I thank God that there is an antidote to that. So quickly, let me look at uh, how do we deal with these three kinds of pain? How do we deal with these three kinds of pain? Number one, the first pain, the legitimate, the legitimate pain. We can learn from Hannah. She gives us how to deal with this kind of pain, legitimate pain that you're going through as a believer. If you're a believer, your sins are forgiven, but you're going through certain pain. And Hannah gives us a glimpse of what we need to do. And what Hannah did, basically, was she had obstinate kind of faith. She had stubborn faith. I love what Hannah says. And I encourage you to read the Swahili Bible. Swahili Bible says, she tells, she tells, um, she tells Eli, Eli, nilikuwa na mimina roo yangu kwa buwana. It's so heavy, right? I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. I am a woman of sorrow. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. After she got the revelation of her son, she went and poured her heart to the Lord. She forgot about Penina, who was, um, who was always offending her. And she looked to the cross and poured her heart to the Lord. So brethren, that one is a solution to the pain that we have as believers in the church. Number two, the, number two how do we deal with pain number, kind number two of self-inflicted pain? And I remember, brethren, I gave you a story one day in this church. Allow me to repeat it. I had another, another preacher give a story of how one day when he went, he went to the church for morning devotion. And as he was praying, some, one, one sister joined him. I think it was a, a, a common 
practice in the church as we do here for morning devotion. So as he was praying in a corner, one sister came and joined him, sitting in front like my brother sitting here. And as they couldn't be praying, a few minutes later, another sister joined. Remember that story I gave you, but for those, another sister came and joined them. And sat next to the one who was sitting in front here. But when the one who had arrived earlier, when they opened their eyes and saw each other, one of them stood up and changed seats. Okay? And the pastor says, he saw them at the nick of the time. He saw the, ref- he saw the reflection, he saw the countenance on the face that something was going on. Okay? So one moves in disgust. And remember, it's a church, it's a prayer service. And so the, Bible, the, uh, the pastor says, I stopped praying and called the sister who was moving away. Say, sister, please come back. Why did you change the seat when you saw so and so? So the pastor said, they did not answer him, but they both cried tears and hugged each other. One another. And the pastor says, one of the ladies in the church had goiter, chronic goiter. And pastor was saying, we had prayed for that sister that she would be healed of goiter and it wasn't going away. Meanwhile, the other one had always decided to speak in tongues. They had laid hands on her for many years. Not even dry tongue. Nothing was happening. The Bible says, uh, pastor says, immediately they hugged each other and, 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 and began praying. The one with the goiter, the goiter just went out like just disappeared in a flash. And this other one began speaking in tongues. Are you following the story? So later on the pastor says, so when they all calmed down and the other one discovered that her goiter is gone, she couldn't control herself. But then the story is, pastor says, is, they later told, told the pastor that they were having issues, that had had so many, the issues for so many years in the church. Miss Pastor, imagine. These are brethren who come to church, pray together, but they have got issues against each other that one is inflicted by disease. Another one is inflicted by unable to speak in tongues. That's what pain does to believers. And there's only one solution to that. David in, chapter, uh, in Psalms 33 he says, when I kept quiet, my bones wasted away until I acknowledged my sin and my iniquity and the Lord healed me. There is no any other antidote, my brothers and sisters. That painful believers, it should not be mentioned among us. That's what the Bible says. It should not be mentioned amongst us. Let's learn to forgive each other. Let's love to release each other. You will be offended, brethren and sisters. I will offend you. It's guaranteed. The Bible says in the last days, things that make men, make men offended will come. And the faith of many shall, waste, shall wax cold. So, in other words, it's prophesied. Offenses will come. You will choose to be bitter or better. So, solution to that one is forgiveness and prayer. The last one, about pain of sin. We've seen those two things. And the pain of sin, the solution is only one. One day I told you, brethren, in this church about, about my, my, my conversion. I was, I was, I was a real church-going guy. In, 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 in our church, almost the entire location, I was the only guy who could recite 298 prayers. 298 prayers. If the priest wanted any prayer recited, he would just pick on me. 
and I will recite even if several pages. I was a religious guy. But inside my heart, I was like Zacchaeus. I was born. When I went to the university, I decided I am done with religion. And I don't want God. And one day, brethren, when I was washing my clothes on Sunday, at 9 a.m., my roommate's classmate comes to look for him and finds me washing clothes. And this man was a believer. He asked me, Godfrey, where is your roommate? I told him he has gone to the estate. He tells me, when he comes, please tell him I want to see him. Then he asked me a very important question. Why, what are you doing washing clothes on Sunday? I told him, what, did you want to, what, what do you want me to do? He told me, we can go to church. He was senior to me by three years. And I thought, hmm, why not? Remember, I was going to the other religion, right? I don't know how to say. I had done everything that other religion. Actually, the guy who died recently, Bishop Corinne, is the one who anointed me. And the more he anointed me, the more I went berserk, the more I became shallow and hollow. And the bishop, not a priest, there was a whole bishop laying hands on me. So anyway, so this man takes me to, so it, I tell him, well, what time is the service? He tells me at noon. I thought, hmm, for adventure, let me join this, this man. Brethren, I went to the CU service. And there was a man called Engineer Rastas Kwaka. I remember him up to date. An SDA man. God bless him. If you know him, please. Because I said, God bless him. This man preached about Jesus Christ. The word of God. My sister. For the first time in my life, I heard the word of God in simplicity. And the rock that was in my heart began being chipped away by, by, by Anyundo. I can see my, my sister who may not know Anyundo. I don't know how to say What's Anyundo in English? A hammer, yes. So the hammer was chipping away at my rock. And needless to say, my brethren, here I am talking to you today. I praise the Lord for that. So there is a burden of sin that only Christ can deal with. And that is the worst form of pain. Solution is there. There is medicine for that kind of pain. May I call the choir as we, 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 we finalize the service. Amen? Okay. I don't know what pain you are going through in your life, and we just want to take a moment of prayer to react to that word, uh, for there is, there is anointing of God this day to heal your, your pain. For this word does not come in vain, and God has sent this word to heal us, to deliver us. So I just want to take a moment of worship. Uh, we lift our voices to him. If you have got legitimate pain, uh, like Hannah, I just want you to take before the Lord and ask Him to give you a, a somewhere. If you are going through self-inflicted pain, brethren, as I've said, uh, we have the opportunity this day, we have got the grace of God in our midst uh, to get uh, our sins forgiven and washed clean. And if you have got the pain of sin as well, uh, Christ is in the house. Amen? Father, we worship you. And I want to pray for three categories of people. If you are in midst and you are, you are within us and you have been trusting God for the fruit of the womb, just shoot up your hand and put it down. Every eye closed, uh, you just shoot up your hand. If you've been trusting God for the fruit of the womb and you are married, you shoot up your hand and put it down. Yes, we thank you, my sister, put it down. Anyone else? Um, anyone else? Father, we thank you.
and we rejoice with our sister that time like this we shall have our somewhere within us and it shall be a testimony praise to your people we thank you Lord that this is done in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ my sister go in, go in faith rejoice before the Lord for God is faithful I want to pray for the second category of people with our eyes closed again if you are within us and you are going through pain bitterness, you have been hurt, it's legitimate pain, someone has hurt you in the church, and you are within us, brother, sister, please raise up your hand for this grace of God for healing this day. Anyone like that? Thank you, my brother, thank you, thank you for those hands, thank you. Thank you. There is power in the blood of the Lamb. Damu ya yesu iliyo mwagika Inaweza mambo yote Muya Yesu iliyo mwagika Inaweza mambo yote Muya Yesu iliyo mwagika Inaweza mambo yote Let's worship him Let's worship him Mambo Let's lift our voices It's going to cleanse us all of us. Father, we thank you. We think that it's done. That we are released and we are healed. We forgive our debtors as you forgive us of our sins. And we are free. And we are healed. And we are washed. And we are clean. In Jesus' name. Final prayer. Our eyes still closed. Um, if you have the final kind of pain, you don't, you don't have Christ in your heart. You are not born again. Lift up your hand. For there is grace of God to heal you today. If you are not born again and you are amidst us, yes, thank you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Uh, thank you for those hands. Yes, thank you. I see that one hand at, at the back. Shall we appreciate Christ again? Shall we appreciate him? <laughs> Father, we thank you for the souls. We rejoice with the angels in heaven. For the sins of our brothers are forgiven. And we receive them in the family of God. And we rejoice in Christ Jesus. Uh, my two brothers, we have seen you. Um, uh, okay. Uh, shall we, can, you, can you come forward, brother? We just want to lay our hands on you.
my brother come forward and the other one at the back please come this is an important session i mean uh, we let's appreciate them please come hallelujah thank you Brother Lisa, there, Brother Mwangi, come. Yeah. Let's come. Brother Mwangi, come. Yes. Okay, let's just be, let's lift our hands to them and, and we just bless them. Father, we, we receive these dear ones with you. We rejoice with your angels. Their sins are forgiven. They are written in the Lamb's book of life. There is no curse in their lives. For behold, they are new creation. Receive the Holy Spirit of God. Behold, the future is bright. Your day shall be like the noonday uh, sun, shining brighter and bright with the perfect day. Behold, salvation has come to you. Your families are healed. Your offsprings are healed. For you are our God. Oh, we bless you, Lord Jesus. Can you hear me? Okay, we shall join them uh, in the same prayer. All right. Father, I thank you for your salvation. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for saving me. Accept me as your son. My past is gone. I'm a new creation. I accept you in my heart. Rule over me. Lead me. I bless your name. Can we rejoice? Ambe nifanyia amani Ambe nifanyia amani Kaondoa huzuni yangu kanifanyia Testimony as you live out this morning. I'm in the body of Christ. 